Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I am joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit. Hello, Ben. How you doing? All right? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling all right. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, I'm lamenting the fact, not lamenting, I'm reflecting on the fact that uh, guests we had scheduled this week um, unfortunately had to reschedule all the best to them um, we'll catch up again soon but yes, we will. they've left us with the gift of watching action horror com- uh, comedy mm. action, hor- action horror classic 2003's Underworld which has gas- left me asking a lot of questions about myself right. of 20 years ago yeah, me too. So, I mean, I did look at the one that when this film came out, it was September 2003. So, we're very fast approaching this 20th anniversary of this film. I also wasn't aware there were five of these movies, and I'm not sure how many I've seen. Two or I've three? Seen, I've, I've almost certainly seen two. And then I think the third one is a prequel, which I'm at least aware of. Nice. Um, and then it goes back, and I don't think I've seen the last two, maybe. Yeah. Are you going to watch all the others as well? Probably, because I feel I'm going to need to carry on now. And I also, having re-experienced this one, I feel like they're probably quite easy to have on in the background. I don't think you're going to... Who's that then? I've lost track. You say that, but I was definitely a, like marginally confused for a while. I couldn't work out who was a vampire and who was a werewolf for, for a while in this film. Especially at the start when everyone's just in coats and, you know, just with guns. It's difficult to tell. I don't think there's anything... What, like, really? What? Because they both got, like, fangy teeth. They they all look pale. There's not really anything... Apart from that and the man with the deepest voice known to, known to human uh, beings. You mean Ray's? They, that's the character's <laughs> name, Ray's. Um, yeah, they're very. Deep. I I don't know. 
Sounds no. painful. Sounds but, painful to talk like that. I'd be I like, feel that's as deep as I can it. go, and I'm not touching it. I don't. Uh, I don't. So, no, I can't even do it. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Um, also got like kind of Resident Evil vibes, and I guess like in terms of franchises, these both started at a similar sort of time. And I guess, I mean, I'm just guessing, but I'm Underworld was wasn't as successful. I don't think. I don't know. It's almost as many sequels. It's obviously done all right. I think I messaged you when I was watching this that there is almost certainly. I'm not going to Google it. I advise anyone at home not to either. I bet there's no end of Celine slash Alice fan fiction available online for all oh, of your. Yeah. There are there is a great number of fans absolutely would have creamed their jeans to see these <laughs> two on screen together. Yeah, especially oh, yeah, like Resident well, like Evil Four Alice, where she basically was dressed as Celine, big leather jacket, running around with machine guns. Yeah. Just a weird film, and Scott Speedman in this film, who plays Michael Corgan, absolutely useless from start to finish. He's always tied up, unconscious, like having having pains because he's turning into some sort of vampire werewolf crossbreed. I feel like Scott Speedman. No disrespect to him as an actor or to the rest of his body of work, but in this film. He comes across very heavily as a kid that won a competition to be in this movie as somehow the most important character slash MacGuffin of the film. Definite MacGuffin, yeah. It's absolutely impossible for vampires and werewolves to exist together. Why do they hate each other so much? What's the problem? It's because they used to Honestly, work Because the real enemy of this film, as I learned now, 20 years ago, Ben, 2003, watching this, wouldn't have got this uh, real subtle message here, but uh, what we quickly learn about 20 minutes in is that the true enemy of this film in a post-Barbie world is clearly patriarchy and then inherited privilege, because that's the main problem with the vampires, right? Big yeah. posh knobbers they are. Just... Big posh knobbers. <laughs> and also, do a day's work in your life. Oh, I'm going to sleep for a bit, going to sleep for a few centuries, whatever. And then they're just going to wake yeah. up and be absolutely fine. And do, I would say, the highlight of this movie for me, the best on-screen scoffing I've ever seen. Yeah. The, the, that's how he I does mean, it. He's, he's just a good good scoffer in general, Bill Nye. He's always, I'm assuming you're saying Bill Nye, aren't you? Yeah, he's scoffing at everything in that. When he's, like, when he's trying to hush her. Yeah. So the werewolves have got these special... Every time. <laughs> I will also say, obviously, before we get into the... To, to the review of the film, I will also say, I without spoiling how I think about it, I remember pretty much quite liking this, um, and I couldn't really work out why when I watched it this time. So twenty, like me of twenty years ago, uh, sixteen, sixteen-year-old me would have been when this came out. For some reason, was into this. What's wrong with him? I'd imagine Litchfield's own Kate Beck. I don't know if she's from Litchfield. I don't know where I've got that information from. <laughs> Kate, Kate Beckinsale, uh, you know, time, I, like, I know she was in other I don't know if it was that, this, this is what she was from. Um, like, you know, there was, you were a 16-year-old boy then, there's a lovely lady in a big leather jacket, like off the Matrix, yeah, shooting guns at people. It's all dark and moody because there's vampires and werewolves like you like. Just says she was born in London. She's 50 years old now. Kate Beckinsale, and I do follow her on social media, and she looks 
pretty much just as good now as she did then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Stuff for you. I don't know if I did just have the horn for Kate Beckinsale because I didn't feel like that about Mila Jovovich in Resident Evil. I think I did in The Fifth Element. Yeah, um, too much respect for the relationship her and her husband have, I imagine. Oh, yeah, you definitely. You couldn't come between them. Couldn't do that. Um, and also, she had amnesia, and I feel like that would have been taken advantage of someone by trying to... There's definitely a power there. dynamic in play there, yeah, if someone's got yeah. amnesia. you got amnesia? What's this, 51st dates, where I just go up to you every day and convince you that me and you are in a relationship by presenting a notebook full of our memories? Strange. Very odd, very odd. But yeah, you didn't have that with Kate Beckinsale. She was out, she was moody. She's the yeah. character in control, and she's... Well, this is very... Beyblades into werewolves, all oh, sorts yeah. of stuff. This is, I mean, this is like a post-Matrix action epic, and they just happen to have added some like supernatural elements as well. This is like, did Equilibrium come out after the Matrix? It did, didn't it? So it's oh, just like yeah. Americanized gun, gun, gun fu. That's what we call it. Yeah. Not so the... you've got some, you've got some gun fu in there. You've got leather jackets, and also, of course, Ben, we're talking about the crossover. We get the crossover between the Resident Evil franchise and Underworld in the shape of one Wentworth Miller, who is oh yeah, oh Doctor, my god, yes. Doctor Extra character in this. Doctor Extra character, yeah, that's great. Well, another thing I like is when vampires and werewolves are about to face off. Werewolf, uh, a vampire, it will just wait for the werewolf to transform. Yeah. Don't attack yet. Don't attack until it's fully transformed. That's like cutscene animation. You can't interrupt that. <gasps> yeah, horrific. Um, okay, right. So we better let's not say too much. We let's get back much. into well, let's pause the world of underworld. Imagine this is like when the sun has come up. All those vampires and werewolves have to go nine nights for a bit. Another another thing news. that's kind of crazy is that we haven't covered this before. I kind of thought that was. Kind of mad. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's one. We obviously did Resident Evil fairly quick out of the blocks. Um, okay. So in terms of horror news for this week, obviously we have had some sad news. Oscar winning um, filmmaker William Friedkin has passed away. He obviously made film made The Exorcist. So in terms of um, horror royalty, he's definitely right up there. Uh, and obviously other films such as um, The Thin Blue Line. Boys in the band. Obviously, won he won an Oscar for the French Connection. Sorcerer, cruising. I mean, cruising is a, is a great film. Um, Rules of Engagement, The Hunted. I mean, absolutely loads of films, and obviously winning Oscars as well is pretty insane. And again, mad to think like the S the Exorcist was like winning Academy Awards, especially the way the Academy Awards seem to treat horror these days. It's kind of crazy that that film captured captured the award scene the way it did um i don't know if you've seen the william freaking documentary as well that came out just a few years ago um i, I watched that and it was really interesting to see um the relationship he had with with the with the writer of the novel as well leap of faith is called um leap of faith william freaking on the exorcist if you can find that and i'm pretty sure that's on shudder i don't want to throw it in there but i'm pretty sure you said is. that and that'll be that'll have been delisted because it's been delisted yeah um just really interesting to see his take on sort of filmmaking and he seems like an app like just a straight up movie fan i think i've seen some videos of him in the criterion collection you know in the little cupboard yep. <laughs> just having a little look through that cupboard they keep um, the criterion collection in yeah and obviously filmmakers who've been sharing their experiences with him since the news of his of his passing uh people like guillermo del toro um people like well, just loads of directors who were like, anytime I needed to pick his brain, he was always willing to talk to me and always willing to give me advice or explain 
certain things and that thought was really nice you know because some directors especially like successful directors oscar winning directors might be like screw you yeah um so that's that was great to sort of hear and it's a it's sad sad that he's passed away 87 years old so got him I into think, a good life and some excellent work to remember him by yeah i think get out the, get, get, go and watch the exorcist again to celebrate version he didn't see 50th anniversary out now ish right so obviously it's at fright fest and i believe it's available on vod as well yeah um 10 out of 10 film i think five star film i watched this i watched sorcerer for the first time in a while recently really enjoyed it um obviously not a horror film straight up i think i think cruising is is one of those films definitely is worth revisiting because that i don't know have you seen that and no i've seen al pacino that's a, that's a great thriller. I think definitely go check that out. Um, yeah, rest in peace, William Friedkin, and, and check out that documentary as well. Um, yeah, and in terms of other news, based on our episode last week, Talk to Me Too is officially is officially in the works for May twenty four. I don't know if it's going to be called Talk to Me. Who knows? Maybe well, yes. I think maybe they've joked about so. that. Um, so yeah, it's been confirmed. I don't think anything. I think obviously it's made a a half decent amount of money based on the budget which was just 4.5 million dollars um looks like the gamble's paying off big time obviously for first time directors as well danny and michael Philippou. um but yeah very excited i think we did mention last week what would we what would we say to the news of a sequel i think we were like yeah why not another standalone film probably with obviously different characters and maybe in a different country if, if that's where the hand has gone where the hand has crawled um so yeah looking forward to that yeah i'd like um as it's called talk to me maybe my new suggestion here is we do like the look who's talking series and we have look who's <laughs> talking uh sorry talk to me two t double o and then yep. it's people and then you have both of the hands and then someone yep. can you can do like jewel talking like a group call what's bruce um, willis gonna do who's he gonna do the voice of um anyone anyone <laughs> the hand the um, hand has got, got its own voice now and it's just his natural speaking voice. And then, of course, talk to me now where it's dogs this time. Yeah. Crossover I mean, with Pet Cemetery, the crossover we've always wanted. Yeah. There we go. That's there we it. Go. Franchise Listed. planned out. You're welcome, everybody. If they're wondering, what should what are we going to do? Talk to me. Well, there you go. You got it. Andy's, Andy's worked it out for you. Um, <laughs> From the creators yeah. of Boo Year's Eve, talk to me too. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty great that like a new, like an original property does well uh, in a world. You know, it's not a world full of sequels and remakes. It's not. However, to the to the average cinema goer, I think it can often seem like that, and I don't, and I completely understand why. But it's great to see a, a original property getting getting its plaudits in a way. And you know, it was it was our one of our favorite films of the year so far based on a yeah. review from last week. Um, it's up there, yeah. for sure. Go back and listen to that, last week's episode, if you want to hear some, I mean, some great takes as well from Becky. I think Becky had a lot of really interesting things to say based on the film, things that I like. Oh, okay, that gives me another... another it's the benefit of a professional pair, pair of eyes that's seen it twice, isn't it? She was she had loads of good insights, things that I'd certainly yeah. missed. It's good, it's good. Okay, um, and the last piece of news I've got is that a viral... There was like a viral cartoon from um, a guy called Adam Ellis that was around on Twitter, probably in tw- 2017, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember hearing that, oh, they're going to make a movie of this. And I was like, what? That sounds pretty nuts. But it is. It's true. It's called Dear David. It's coming to the big screen from um, Lionsgate, I believe. Okay. Um, and it's a story. And it was a story told via tweets and like a car and some cartoons because he does a lot of satirical um, cartoon stuff. Adam Ellis, he's, he's got a great sense of humor. Always retweeting his stuff. Um but he started telling a story about his apartment being haunted by the ghost of a dead child and he's trying to kill me. Oh, um, I think I did see some of this now. Yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so now it's being made into a film. Um, a screenplay has been written, a terrifying, creepy, sensationalist story that will translate perfectly to the big screen. Um, yeah, there we go. I don't really want to say it. There's a poster as well where it looks like there's a, yeah. It looks kind of looks a bit like a well, ventriloquist doll face, but might have to I might have to double check my things. I've looked up Dear David on Letterboxd to add it to my list. And the Someone synopsis of the film that's gonna appear is a secret fantasy blog might jeopardize the promising future of La- of Laris, a talent talented student when the blog is revealed to her entire school. I mean real life horrors. We've got your bloody blog here. We have it's absolutely it's a bloody embarrassing. Uh, there's Blog another spot. one. There's another Dear David. I clicked on the wrong one, but they're both out this year. So there are two yeah. Dear Davids. Make sure your nan doesn't buy the wrong one on, on home video <laughs> cassette, everybody. Don't get a putting challenge instead of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Oh, what else do you want for Chris? Do you want HMV match? Oh, no, it's a bit impersonal. Will you just go and buy me a copy of Dear David, please? Okay. I will. See the real life horrors of your high school reputation ruined. That's all right. You, you just say thanks, Nan. I really like it. I feel really grateful. Um, I mean, that's it for horror news. I guess we should move on to what we've been watching. Although I haven't seen all that much this week. I know we've been doing some fright fest planning. We have. Uh, sorry, fuck. I definitely can't say it anymore since we've been joking about saying it. Flight fest, fright fest prep by watching some movies that we're probably not going to watch when we're at the event. Um, and yeah, prepping. We're going to do some interviews of films, um, of fi- from filmmakers. Just trying to get build up. in it. See how much we can see, Ben. See how much we can take yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Get, the, get our questions ready. So far on my on my list, I'm not going to give any details. But so far, I've watched Isaac, New Life, Law, and Thorns. All films that are on at Fright Fest, different genres. Um, different like productions of different like budgets and so on it's a good yeah. show in so far this year i've been enjoying everything i've been watching but we've got another couple of weeks of prep yet see how much we can absorb to make sure we've checked off as much of that list by the time we get yeah. there as we can definitely i need to get started um the only things i've really seen this week i've been to the cinema a couple of times i was a bit behind so i had to get myself to the cinema to see oppenheimer which i just saw yesterday Maybe the day before. Yesterday. Um, and then earlier this week I went to see Meg Two as well. Meg Two. Oh, well, so trend. did I. What did you think? You did as well. Oh wow. I did. So Meg okay. Two this weekend. Directed by Ben Wheatley, which is mad, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Um <laughs> obviously, bit, yeah. it is. So kill obviously kill list. I think episode two of this podcast, we covered that. One of my I mean, definitely up there, are some of my favorite sort of horror adjacent films and in the earth as well absolutely in insane bit of yeah bit of horror yeah i mean meg t- this is like obviously well, i think i mean i think free fire had a big budget and i think like high rise and obviously made rebecca they're all sort of more mainstream films but meg 2 is like the 
like a blockbuster essentially, isn't yeah. it? Um, I think I, I definitely preferred the original. I think it takes a while to get going. I think that maybe the, the the final thirty minutes are really enjoyable, really silly, stupid, um, over the top. Even on more Fun so. Island, the on place on the name that was never replaced. <laughs> on Fun Island, when they're like, "Hang on a minute, how can this fine when when you're on land in it?" No, no, we got no. these other creatures as Fun well. Fun Island, where people have fun and also take fucking ages to get out of the water. <laughs> yeah, I just think everything before that, especially like all the underwater stuff as well, was like, I mean, it's okay, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot of characters. I think a lot of the good guy characters are good and interesting. Wu Wu Jing, um, I think was great. The guy, the the guy who well basically I think all of Jason Statham's crew are all really good. And all, I think they're, they're all just lovely blokes and women. All lovely blokes and they've all got lots of different skill skill sets and that. And you know, find it seeing them team up in various different ways was was interesting. And he's got that um, daughter that is inherited. Yeah, of course. I just feel like with a film where you've got three Megalodon sharks, including one who's like linked to them in some way because they've been training him or her, sorry. And the other one is like a massive alpha one. I just thought the sharks were kind of like mostly like forgotten about. Yeah, it was more about those dinosaurs. It was more about like dinosaurs and like uh, the big old uh, octopus, octopus that was there. A big old octopus that kind of like in the trailers made it look like it was ever present. But for this one, it kind of just appears towards the end. Um, obviously minor spoilers for, for Meg too. Um, it was just a bit, I don't I mean, that's the thing. I, I really like Ben Willie as a filmmaker, but obviously he's gone and gonna done a bit of a cookie cutter, um, monster movie. I mean, it felt like a sci-fi movie at times, but well, a that's, what, that's my point. Then I think for me, when it comes to Meg two, has its good points, it has its flaws, but in many ways, as a as an appreciator of the arts, as renowned as we are, I think what I can really take in from this is the beautiful symmetry, if not the poetry of it, in the fact that the Asylum and the Sci-Fi Channel have been lifting and taking inspiration from Hollywood blockbusters and disaster movies for years. Yeah. And now, finally, the circle is complete. The snake has eaten its own tail. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Giant, yeah. The giant mecha snake has eaten its own tail here, where a Hollywood movie has basically taken the premise of an insane, um, yeah, like asylum sci-fi movie, and has gone. Shall we do this with like really well-known actors and a much bigger budget? And they've gone. Yes, let's do it. I mean, it's fu- it's fun enough, but I don't know. I feel like there were times in a film like this. There were proper times where I was like. I'm a bit not bored, but not quite having a a great time, and I didn't want that. I wanted to just be shocked and awed by the ridiculousness of the movie, and I feel like you know people double crossing other people. Um, the actress who played Jill Valentine is in it as well, right? Oh, you know what? You told me that going in, and then I didn't pick up who she was. Who was she? Was she the Sienna Gilroy, who yeah. played like? Um, one of the bad baddies, one of the main baddies, a lady, a lady with a bob haircut and Which sunglasses. The, the, ba- the bad CEO woman. Yeah, I never it's picked your Valentine. That is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there what, we go. Die hero will live long enough to see yourself become a villain, eh? Exactly. That's that's what happens. Um, obviously Jason Statham is good, and they also had an actor who was like 
Pedro Pascal if you ordered him from Wish um, as a villain. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, but evil. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, but evil. Um, I think might not be worth a cinema trip. I don't know what you think, but maybe yeah. wait for it to come out on stream. Like it's a nice summertime bit of fun, but you won't, you know, you won't. Yeah. You know what I kind of wanted? And again, I'm not minor spoilers. I wanted there to be a Meg who was like on their side. Because can good you Meg. imagine, good Meg, can you imagine like Jason Statham literally riding on the back of a Meg into battle against other Megs? Yeah, I can. <laughs> I mean, you'll get it's, that, almost, it's almost as Meg ridiculous 3, as the final showdown. It's almost as ridiculous as that because he takes on Megs with a with a jet ski and like some harpoons that explode. Um, yeah, I just thought this would be a great level in a game, final battle. Yeah, um, think of the video game, aren't you? And then obviously, as I mentioned, not horror, but I guess horror adjacent because it deals with the death of thousands and thousands of people. Um, the real life death as well. But I did go and see Oppenheimer. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? Not seen Oppenheimer yet. No. Um, obviously, a very different experience to to Barbie. I the think, horrors I, of nuclear war. I think it kind of is mad to see Killian Murphy in a role like this. And you think about everything he's gone through and everything he's been in. And the fact that, like, 28 Days Later was, like, he's unrecognisable now as, I mean, sure, you know it's him. You're like, that's him. That's the same guy. But in terms of, like, his, like, how, like, his presence on the screen is is, is insane. Um, but, yeah, it was it was pretty harrowing. It's one of those things, obviously, where you're just like, God, did, did was it, did, what, what, what were the actual death toll based on things like that and then you're looking on wikipedia reading about it and just being like jesus christ um pretty pretty nuts and of course it's difficult to be like oh i like op i like oppenheimer he was a right laugh (laughs) because what what a buddy right lad because you're like regardless of like his moral standpoint like yeah um i don't know i didn't find it as you know like with christopher nolan movies especially when they're filmed in imax you kind of expect to see these huge like um landscape shots and thing i, I don't know Ooh, i won't get in the feeling it's just one of those films that a, a familiar face will turn up every five to six minutes either someone who's been in one of his films before or someone who hasn't and both times you're just like hang on a minute that can't be him can it oh it is and then they're gone before it is that you could even say no oh, hang on a minute that's Oh, he's gone. See you later. Bye bye. He went with Miller. Uh, no, he's off. No, no, went, no, went with Miller. Unfortunately, but that would have been good. It would have crossed um, over with both. Anyone from Resident, Resident Evil, Evil movies? <laughs> I'm just looking. Anyone from Resident Evil movies? No, no. Um, but yeah. So now I've done the Barbie Oppenheimer combo. I've in, in well, the order, only did half of it. I've only done Barbie. In the order it was meant to be done, I think. So I think I'm caught up cinema wise. I do want to watch Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Mutant Mayhem. Is that what's called? Yeah. Um. So I'm going to try and go and see that this week. Anything anything else on the list for you? Another couple from me. I watched 2007's Murder Party, where a um, quite a lonely and socially awkward character gets invited to a murder party on Halloween. Do you want to come to a murder party? Absolutely and it's, uh, not. And he turns up and it's a bunch of artists that are planning to do a murder as part of an artistic statement. It's low budget. It's fun. It's weird. Um, it's a good laugh. I watched uh, 2019's Color Out of Space. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think we did that on the podcast. Yeah, he did an episode of it. Um, I wasn't yeah. on that one. Richard Stanley movie, of course, based on a, an H.P. Lovecraft original. I mean, it's 
incredible. Two people who've been accused of inc- well, incredibly, accused. Inc- incredibly trippy visuals. And it, but it's, I find it incredibly bleak to watch just about a family yeah. having an awful time and slowly going mad and getting turned into a big old pile of mush. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some like body horror stuff which is pretty effective, I think, still. Yeah, that it's still, yeah, it's still effective. Uh, and then I watched um, Escape from Tomorrow, 2013's like gorilla filmed movie at Disney parks um, about a man having oh, hallucinations, yeah. having a psychological breakdown in Disney oh, in yeah. Disney World. I don't know if I, I honestly don't know if I've seen that. It's I do very, very odd, very strange, quite uncomfortable at some points as this guy like gets obsessed with and like follows uh like some young girls around the, the park and slowly but surely becomes like more inappropriately fixated with these oh, people. Wow. And then it takes a real hard turn into full surrealism towards the end. Oh, yeah. I'd recommend I watching the, I it. I recognise the poster. Yeah, I think your mileage your mileage may vary on how much you like your how surrealism. I think if you're a like literally, I I read some of the making of it. It was fascinating. Some stuff is clearly green screened, but a lot of it they just filmed with like handy cams or phones. So wow. while they were in the Disney parks, it was very much like, oh, this is just a tourist taking video. Yeah, um, and then he. He traveled and worked and lived in South Korea while he filmed it, really to keep it out of the public eye. And then yeah. when it played at Sundance, they didn't announce what it was until it was there because they wanted wow. to get it shown. Um, how, does all, how did Disney feel about this? I think they you? ignored it largely. Like I, I think they, nice. I think when pushed, they acknowledged it, the film's existence, but they, I think almost maybe cynically, the marketing was based around the fact that they expected Disney to try and suppress the film. Yeah, and they didn't, which maybe took the wind out of it a little bit. Because I think if it was one of these that does not know, yeah, I'm yeah, stopping doing this. Everyone is going to be checking it out. Really interesting filmmaking. If mm. you're a David Lynch fan and you love your surrealism, you will get more out of it than if you like your horror straight down the line. Mm. But there's some there's some wild stuff in there and really quite uncomfortable stuff. Sometimes the horror is coming at you mm. from a few different angles. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't mind checking that out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was that it? That's it for this week, apart from, of course, I mean, loads of Fright Fest stuff, but I'm not going to talk about that apart from titles. We'll save that for the previews. And Next then um, Underworld this week. Underworld. Um, yeah, I was a bit like, I must have this on DVD. And my God, I searched high and low all over the place. I've got some like, uh, well, my, my, my partner has like, some old booklets full of like DVDs that we haven't got on the shelves. I was like, it's gotta oh, be in there CD, somewhere. Old CD files. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't find it. So I'm like, what have I done? I definitely must have owned it. But <laughs> Has no. it been Music Magpie a lifetime ago? It might have been Music Magpie for 14p. Um, so, <laughs> Underworld. International listeners, Music Magpie was a online service which kind of existed in a boom just as digital distribution became. Yeah more of a norm in which yeah. you could sell your physical media for pennies only now for collectors to be paying many pounds to get it all back yeah that was oh, i still feel bad about selling so some of the cds i had where i'm like oh man i shouldn't have sold that um 
some tool albums which had like massive pull out like artwork and stuff ah devastating your current your current bout of retro shopping is probably buying all the ps2 games and um xbox original games that i that i gave yeah, away i never i never did it with games i'm glad i didn't um, oh I, I did and in in hindsight i just got back from living in korea and it was like my yeah. old bedroom at my parents house was like an emperor's tomb i got rid of hundreds <laughs> of things and it paid me to do a load of renovations in a house yeah sometimes an emperor's I think, tomb. oh yeah the only things i didn't magpie just for bulk was the nintendo stuff because that's the few things that become more expensive yeah. over time rather than being worth nothing but um Most there's a few yeah. things a few things like haunting ground on ps2 where i'm like kicking myself like oh yeah i didn't did magpie those i did ebay them and i got fine money for them but i was like oh, if i'd had them now yeah. they'd be worth stupidly don't think about it don't think about it <laughs> just don't think about it yeah um but underworld probably not so underworld which is a 2003 action horror film directed by len wiseman in my head, I'm thinking, isn't that someone who used to be one of the judges on Strictly Come Dance? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. Written by Danny McBride. No, not that Danny McBride, even though he is now a screenwriter. So that's probably a little bit confusing. Based on a story by Kevin Gravoy. Uh, hang on a minute. Kevin Gravoy. I'm pretty sure Kevin Gravoy is the big deep voiced. Yes. Based on a story by the actor who played Ray's in this movie. He came up with a story. He wrote the original screenplay. The film centers on the secret history of vampires and lichens. Um, It's the first chronological installment in the Underworld franchise. And the plot revolves around Celine, played by Kate Beckinsale, a vampire death dealer hunting lichens. She finds herself attracted to a human who's bloody useless, called Michael Corbin, (laughs) who is targeted by the lichens. This, I mean, this synopsis is pretty much just saying the story, so I can't do that. Um, so yeah, there we go. In terms of, listen to this, seven point zero on IMDb. Excuse me. A lot of people like us, I think, need to reflect on this. Seven point zero. Thirty-one percent critic score, seventy-nine percent audience score. Is it one of those films that's got like a huge fandom around it, and people write? I bet it does. I think it inspires fandom. People write fan fiction about it. Okay, three point zero on Letterbox. Choice reviews are: Chris Richmond says, "I'm not the first one to notice this, but Underworld does so very badly. Wish it were the Matrix. The soundtrack, the black latex, the many guns, the slow mo, the kung fu shootout synthesis, and he's only given it one star for that, which I think is." Probably a little bit mean. Um, a little bit harsh, maybe. A little bit harsh. Um, Don says, has a movie ever been this trashy but lovingly crafted, fought out, and downright badass? Probably not. Five stars. I think we're seeing two very extreme ends of the spectrum there. Five stars. <laughs> it is not. Uh, Caleb says, why care about the plot when Kate Beckinsale is right there being sexy and badass in every frame she's in? Three stars. Okay. Okay. Very and then AJ finally says, over the years, Resident Evil left Underworld in the dust, but goddamn do I still love this movie. New metal, millions of bullets, and an icy blue sheen over everything. But, well, Michael Sheen as well, isn't it? Uh, four <laughs> it is stars. Icy blue in some bits. Four stars. Icy, icy blue. Um, yeah. So we've obviously, we already mentioned it at the top of the show. I think we were both fans of this 20 years ago. Yes, 20 years ago when it was first released. Mm-hmm. However, now after watching it again, I think we're both rethinking our opinions on it. There are five movies in total in this franchise. I listed them all down as movies to, to watch this month to go alongside this review. I'm already 
feeling a little bit funny about that. You're walking back on that a little bit. I'm walking back on it a little bit, but I might do. I think I might do. I'll have to. I mean, I, I went through the whole Resident Evil franchise, and I'd seen them before, and I knew how much I disliked them. Um, <laughs> however, this film, one thing I think is like two two hours long. If it was ninety minutes, I can imagine having a bit more of of a good time with it. Ninety minutes, trim the fat a little bit. Um, rain go, it. Go bold, Ben. Eighty-five. Eighty-five minutes. Rain in the all of the mythology because it's like so complicated. It's almost like all we need to know is vampires and likers don't like each other. They're fighting. That's it. <laughs> I saw that flashback of Michael Sheen going, no, while his girlfriend got turned to ashes. Like I didn't even know what was going on in there. The movie several times. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I didn't understand what was going on. Um, vampires and werewolves. Oh, look, these, this vampire and this werewolf are working together. Oh, who gives a, th- and also the vampires and werewolves need to be more distinguishable as to which ones are which, because as we mentioned before, they were all got like, st- they're all very pale. Um, the, the white, what the white guys anyway, white guys and ladies, um, they're all very pale. They've got very icy blue eyes, fangs, and like very like long, big coats. Both sides do the vampires. You would say look a bit more gothy. Maybe. Yeah. yeah? And not, and if you're in the houses, nicer furniture not nicer because i was like furniture michael sheen i ain't looking at him thinking oh he's definitely gonna be is it because he's the, the ones that aren't sh- clean shaven are are lichens as well yeah absolutely hairless vampires apart from the hair on the heads i've just remembered something and i'm gonna tell you it in a minute uh, <laughs> the word lichen and lycanthrope like was mentioned i mean mo- mostly lichen was mentioned I mean, if you had, a, if you had to, take, if you had to take a shot every time someone said the word lichen in this vampire, for some reason, not so much lichen. Oh my god, you'd be absolutely wasted, smushed, bladdered. Uh, so I used to be bang into werewolves for a little while, right? Bang into them. I think it was. Yeah. So it was kind of like from when I was a teenager. I made like a animation. There was a. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. There was, versus lichens. There was a man there was an animation software called the Complete Animator, which was on like computers in my school, right? And somebody like four years above us made an animation that was like a ripoff of Resident Evil. It was called like Tyrant Mayhem. And okay. I remember watching it and everyone used to love it. Everyone used to go, This is brilliant. And it was gory and like animation, like it was very cartoony, but people's heads were getting ripped off. And I went, I could do better than that. I could do better than that. And for some reason. I decided to make a Resident Evil ripoff called Werewolf Darkness, <laughs> which is like the worst name of it forever, right? So it was basically like an like it was like an action. It was like watching a game. So it was like someone will walk in, someone else, a vampire, a werewolf will walk in and blow its head off. I did a very complicated jet ski sequence. That honestly, took forever. Oh, honestly, that's so amazing. Took forever, but listen to this to my friend as well. And actually, it might be my friend Mike who did the, the 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 jet ski sequence, but he made one as well. And we were kind of like spurring each other on, like, oh, you could do better than this. And we wanted to be the next. So obviously, everyone thought about these kids who are older than us. Oh, they made Tyrant Mayhem. It's amazing. We wanted to be this generation's whatever. Um, <laughs> and those kids four years above you, they're 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 Lord and Miller now. They're making yeah, exactly. like movies. Exactly. But one day after spending 
countless hours making this. Like it was obviously frame by frame, like this animate animation software, 2D animation software, frame by frame. The video probably lasted 15 minutes. Can you imagine how long that took? <laughs> one day, one day we went in and it was just gone off the servers. And we were like, Hell? we were like, where's it gone? And the teacher was like, oh, we did a like a defrag on the on the main server or something like that. He was like, "Why? Because nothing, nothing, nothing for students should have been saved on there." And we were like, "We saved, we we saved on that drive, so we could access it from whatever computer we we're on." <laughs> gone, completely gone. And honestly, if I could, if I could get anything back in my life that was lost forever, I'd love to see it because I can imagine it'd be awful. However, I'd love to see it. And then this was my first foray into actual writing. Yeah. Not long after that. I wrote, oh, that was, it obviously wasn't a book. I wrote some chapters of my Resident Evil ripoff werewolf thing where like a crew werewolf of... No, I changed it because I was like, werewolf darkness sounds stupid. I'll call it Into the Darkness. Oh, <laughs> and I'll tell was you like... what, everyone, you heard it here first. When you're, when you're sitting there one day and you're getting ready for a new film, you know, Michael Myers is finally going to space like and... And you'll see those credits from the makers of Werewolf Darkness, Boo Year's Eve. <laughs> now, <laughs> so what? So I mean, what I'm saying is that was all prior to Underworld. So I remember when Underworld came out, I felt very like, oh, they've done it, they've done it. This is what I want to do, and they've done it. This is Werewolf Darkness, but it wasn't. So, so the book was literally like, not the Stars Bravo team and Stars Alpha team, but it was like some team goes into a and rather <laughs> rather than a. <laughs> Rather than a mansion, it was just like some factory or something to investigate some murders, and then werewolves turned up. That was literally it. Um, and yeah, because when you when you when you first start creating things when you're young, you just you just copy things you like, don't you? And I was banging to Resident Evil, and I was like, oh, Resident Evil, but with werewolves because I like werewolves. Um, so when this film came out, it kind of took the winds out wind out of my sails. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. They've only got uh, and done it. Yeah, it's the same, Ben. Growing up, like when I was just leaving secondary school and at uni, I used to work with one of my friends who's a great artist. And we did like a satirical, like superhero thing. And we were yeah. going to do it as like some comics. And he's a decent animator. So we put some little animation samples. Like oh, it wow. was things that so it's like basically dysfunctional superheroes that were like fucking things up. Loads of like, um, like referential humor to the to the media and like you know general like comic tropes and everything like that i might still do something with it one day it's changed massively from what it was because yeah you know this is coming out at a time that i was dead into watching films like underworld and um, but <laughs> like then hancock came out and i was like fuck's sake will smith oh yeah Slap there's always the Oscars, something though mate. isn't there there is honestly always something and i think it's just because yeah the content is infinite and sometimes it it comes to a point where those two ideas Some, that you put together that you think were unique, and suddenly there it is. Sometimes it's that, Ben, and sometimes I think that the media companies have had my laptop bugged for years. Yeah, and they're just ripping off. I'm like, oh, let's That's see. more like Liberty Goldmine, shall I? Oh, <laughs> and he'll never be able to prove it. Let's steal all of his wicked ideas and put them out. Yeah. Oh man. Same, but even the comics we've released release that one that that, that was in obviously been in production for a long time and it was that one in the world where no one could uh speak or make sound when it was talking <laughs> rather than making any sound 
Oh, and right. just as we're, literally the week we put it out, and then it was like, oh, a Quiet Place came out the week. <laughs> quiet Place prior. is out now. And I was like, oh, and so was, oh I get it. A lot like a Quiet Place. Just one more of you. <laughs> you're gonna be fucking gone to a quiet place after i uh, thump you into oblivion mate <laughs> oh so annoying it? it's, so it's annoying. the worst yes yeah, so basically hollywood's out to get me been sitting my ideas for 20 years plus um i'm surprised though are you surprised that underworlds are not based on something that already exists like some books or something because it feels very much of that world um and that there's so much, the fact it takes so much time trying to like establish this mythology and give us the backstory and give us the narration to try and make us understand the rules of this world. And it, the fact it isn't based on anything like that, I think it doesn't really need to. Yeah, I feel it? like this is, this is the original story by Kevin Griffith, as you mentioned, Ray's himself. I feel, he's, I feel like I found a kindred spirit in there. He's the one that had the idea and he actually got it there and then went, yeah. Danny McBride, not that one. Can you turn and this went, into a screenplay for me? And went, Excuse me, when you tell us the idea, can you just not have such a ridiculously deep voice, please? Because I can't actually make out what you're saying. Can you imagine if his real voice is like Frank Spencer High? <laughs> That's just his <laughs> acting voice. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'm sorry to jump in there with any trivia, but there are no special effects used to deepen Kevin Graveau's voice. His natural speaking voice is really that deep. He's a hero, is Kevin He is... For me, the thing that I remember about this movie 20 years on, I remember lines when he's having a chat with Michael Sheen and he's like, Oh my God. Were you followed? And he's like, I, I don't know. So you don't think, I don't know. But you don't know. Lu- like, Lucian, his name. Know. The amount of times he says Lucian. 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 Are you okay? Lucian. He's great. Oh I can't God. do that. So good. Basically, the guy has like found him, carved a niche for himself in Hollywood, not only for his ideas about vampires and lichens, but having the deepest voice that you could ever commit to film no one no one's gonna top that or bottom it (laughs) um but yeah obviously but the soundtrack we've obviously discussed so many films on this podcast where the soundtrack is like early 2000s new metal especially over the end credits like that is very very important um slow-mo uh big long matrix coats um i mean this is the thing it's fun it does take itself very, very seriously. I think it just outstays its welcome. And I think it's, it suffers from all of the mythology it tries to put forward in such a short space of time. Of course, I say short space of time, still two hours long. But of course, we've got prequels and that. But I think just save all that stuff for the prequels. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, in terms of cast, Kate Beckinsale, Celine, Scott Speedman as Michael Corvin, absolute useless bloke. Uh, Bill Nye. Competition. Bill Nye's Victor, uh, the scoffing second most powerful vampire of the elders. Yeah, because the, the the other elders saved for the sequel, right? Um, yeah. If again, it feels very much like a film that goes, look, because it could have bombed. Look, this is the first of a of a franchise. We know that, and that's why we're putting all these ideas forward because we know we're gonna work them out later on. And again, I feel like films that suffer, and I feel like. Maybe the first Resident Evil didn't do it, but I think Resident Evil 2 yep. did. Resident Evil 1 was a bit more like, okay. Got even though you ain't going to explain anything. Yeah, even though you do get her in Raccoon City with the shotgun at the end, I think that could easily have ended, and that would have been it. However, yeah. I think with Resident Evil, when they were like, quick, put him into the Nemesis program, the guy is like... <laughs> Wait, that's at the end. Well, actually, that's at the end of 1 as well. That's okay, the, so that's, the, 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 the guy, take that the back. The looking guy is like... 
Oh yeah, um, so I take that back. Resident Evil One was also guilty of that. Then now I real now I realize. Um, and he got Michael Sheen early in his career. I feel early in his Hollywood career. I believe this this may be one of the first films I saw him in, as the leader of Lycans. Lucian. There's someone else called Craven. Who's everyone's name is ridiculous. Craven the, is the is the vampire dude. Vampire yeah. guy that's in charge. He's Mister Patriarchy. Yeah. So, I Mr. hope Bra- I'd have you on my arm tonight. She's like, I hope you. Go fuck yourself tonight. Yeah, he was well into her, wasn't he? Um, and to be fair, like people, people seem to love love Kate Beckinsale's Celine, but I think she's very one note. She doesn't make many. I don't think feel many emotions coming off her at any point, even when things are going badly. Because you're playing a vampire, isn't it? Like, and I think I saw that people praised. This is in the synopsis here. People praised her icy English composure. <laughs> Yeah, if you're gonna compare, every... are you English? I am English, actually. Well, I, I you praise you for being be English. Like, yes, indeed. In, in an icy way. <laughs> indeed, I am English, of course. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I was just surprised that this wasn't based on anything because it feel it feels like you know when you watch like a a young adult sort of a Hunger Games or a anything of that <laughs> ilk. This was this generation's Hunger Games or. <laughs> Scorch Trials or yeah. what's the City of Bone one? That yeah, like Something Underworld where... was our generation's City of Bone. How often do you feel like when you start for me when I watch a film and there's exposition in an in a narration at the start that bothers me. When there's a t- I don't think we get it in this film, but it reminds me of the kind of film where there's like a title crawl and there's like a couple of oh, paragraphs actually, you got to read. We absolutely we do because if we get into we the do. script, it begins with it begins with like. The vampires and the lichens at war for generations. And by the way, just a little bit of an early drop here. The 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 lichens actually no longer under the sway of the moon. They can just transform whenever they want. So don't worry about it. Oh yeah, they and then we they finish... explain why. Nah, they've Film. just got they've plot. just got, they've just got used to it. Um, and now <laughs> <So this> time... <laughs> we end the type. We end the beginning crawl with Kate Beckinsale being a Batman, like sitting on the edge of oh, a. Yeah. Of a like a rooftop. Let me just, I want to mention. So, the opening crawl that says, Oh, for generations, vampires and lichens, an ancient species of werewolves, have secretly waged war. How have they secretly waged war? Because the first scene, they have a shootout in the middle of, in the middle of like a subway train, a train station. Yeah. How have they secretly waged war? Machine gunning people, just wazzing big, big silver Beyblades into Razor's chest. Yeah. I mean, so this opening sequence, they're obviously following. The, the the werewolves are following somebody who is Michael Corvin, um, and the were- vampires don't know why they know, but they decide to intervene. Huge shootout takes place. Um, I couldn't work out who was a vampire, who was a. At one point, I was like, "Oh, this guy, he's one of them, isn't he?" And then Kate Beckinsale shot him. I was like, "Oh shit, maybe not." <laughs> yeah, he was a, a thin werewolf. Thinman. And then yeah, and then so she Celine leads a group of vampire assassins known as Death Dealers. And their job is essentially exterminate the lichens. Well, if you haven't done it in hundreds of years, you're going to do it now. Um, despite other vampires no longer perceiving them as a threat, it says here. But did you get that vibe? I think it was the idea that the lichens were on the way out because they assume incorrectly, spoilers for Underworld, that Lucian is dead. Um, and yeah. they are, they're just they're just a ragtag bunch of idiots that he dogs sniffing their own bums and not really doing very much <laughs> well they do say that they say that a lot you're just a pack of rabbit dogs yeah, rabbit do. dogs 
But um, he, the other enemy of this film is hubris. Just like, oh no, they're shit they are. Um, but yeah, this this fella, um, Scott Speedman, he's just catching the train. And all of a sudden, all these lads are after him in, in like a rapidly cut together action scene. Kate Beckinsale and all, the other right. they shoot them all up. Scott Speedman is always on his ass, incapacitated. He's always sopping wet. His hair is always like in his face, sopping wet. He ain't got a clue what's going on. He obviously does. He's human, so he doesn't know that there are vampires and werewolves. He's trying to catch a train. <laughs> and he's at medical school. I bet he's like, oh, plumbing hell, medical school's hard. What can make my life any harder? What's this? Load of bloody, load of bloody lichens coming after you. I mean, Scrapping the lichens. over me. Yeah. And this is the, it's kind of strange because I think like, Celine doesn't really seem to understand why they're after him, but she's like, I'm going to intervene anyway. Um, Cause she's like doing all her private investigation, finding out who he is. And I mean, I think this is a plot that's going to be difficult to get right in the nitty gritty of and be too detailed with. Cause it does fly along at a pretty breakneck pace, yeah. but and not all necessarily the in a good of, way. Of all the films that I'm happy to go and talk about for more than the runtime of the movie. I know this one's gonna get a warranty because there's not so much to unpick from it. It's more literally, almost directly, the events that happen on screen, right? Oh yeah, there's nothing to unpick at all. Hundred percent not. I don't understand. Like it even suggests here that Kate Beckinsale has got a thing for Scott Speedman, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, I think she eventually comes to love him, but I think the synopsis here does imply that like she immediately thinks a, a human. You would love a human. You a vampire. There's never been spoken of. How many times in this film, right, do they go, This thing that we're talking about has never happened? It's an <laughs> abomination. It's never happened in hundreds of years. And they go, Actually, it's happened a few times. This happened once. That happened another time. Oh, it happened to someone you know. Why do you forget about that? It establishes, the, it establishes the rules of the universe and very, very quickly shows you the opposite, like straight away. Um, some of the wep- some of the weapons are kind of cool. So you've obviously got uh, the vampires with bullets that have got like silver in them, and a little bit later they have silver nitrate. So rather than the vampire, the lichens being able to pop out the silver, it gets straight into their bloodstream. Well, this and is like- what we this is what, what we get right. So in, in the open in the opening scene, some werewolves get shot with silver bullets, and we see back at their base because we we chop between action scene and then both of them going to their bases. So the werewolves are getting like the Beyblades and the silver bullets yanked out of them. And once they get shot with the silver bullets, they're smoking and they have to get them out. But the vampire yeah. that gets killed, I guess his point of being in it was so he could be killed in the opening one. So then they could find the bullets and the, the gun that they take from someone and show that they have sunshine bullets. They got sunshine bullets, yeah. So a little they've UV got, light. They're, they're full of um They've injected them with like glow stick contents. They love lovely fluorescent glowing. This is also bullets. another. This is also another thing right, that bothers me. I feel like in films like this, they're very quick to say, "Listen, vampires, immortal, immortal. They live forever. Werewolves, pretty much immortal as well. Live forever. But we got a gun that can kill them right here. <laughs> what? So they're so they're just as susceptible to death as every every other being." They have to be special bullets, then. though. Be fair, but they <laughs> still they still exist. Like the amount of times we're supposed to be, oh, Lucian, he's done for. He's absolutely done for. He's just been shot by a silver nitrate bullet. He's done for. Oh, but he's actually, all right, he's actually. all right. Yeah. He's all right now. What? Why? Yeah, yeah. There's so, a lot of that. 
so this happens. They find out the sunshine bullets, and they all know. Um, we meet Craven, who introduces the true vill- villain of the peace patriarchy with his with his. Even though Celine is like a warrior who goes out and fighting, and he is just. Yeah. It appears that Lucian's job is poncing about in that big house, right? He's just ponce. That big house looked a lot, the, the interior of it looked a lot like uh, Castle Dimitrescu inside. Yeah. Almost one angle, like with the with the um, stairway, stairwell going up or whatever it is. It looked so much like it. Um, so that was pretty yeah. cool, I thought. He's just, I thought, oh, I wonder if they've taken... He's just yeah. milling about in that house, planning balls and getting that woman who desperately wants to shag him to pick out dresses for for Celine to wear. Do you want to wear this dress? Do you want to wear this dress? Well, I always wear this, like, leather catsuit. Always. I'm never not in it. And you want me to wear a dress from (laughs) (laughs) H&M? Go on, I got got this. You can't can't send it back. You can't send it back, unfortunately. Uh, I'll do what I want. So there's I'll that. T- I, put, yeah. I was so confident you'd like it. I've snipped the tags out. Sorry, sorry. God. Oh, screw it. Give it to charity. Um, yeah. So obviously he is into Celine. He kind of wants her to be his bride, I guess. But then there's another lady who likes him, and she'll do anything to get on side with him, even yeah. screw up the relationship. <laughs> between him and Celine. I say screw it up, but there's literally nothing between them. Even by letting a man escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's like privately investigating Michael, works out like where he works. Yeah, she sees like a she sees like a video uh, on the CCTV because another vampire power is access to CCTV footage. And Oh yeah. Um, That's one of the main ones. <laughs> turn to mist, turn to bats, hypnosis, <laughs> CCTV access. There's um, none of that, those there. Is there there's literally no like actual vampire no, interest in vampire powers. Just blue hour blue eyes, hissing, machine guns, and hacking. Yeah. Um, so she finds out this guy and she wants to go and investigate him. And then we have a little scene with um Scott Speedman meeting his friend and colleague at the hospital, Wentworth <laughs> Miller. So they're right. But ever such hard day, actually. Someone tried to shoot us to death at the. It's so weird when you see Wentworth Miller like with hair, isn't it? Yeah, and his little glasses. And his little glasses on. I Wentworth would love Miller. a little a little cut scene of him, like, um, penciling out that tattoo on his skin. She's trying to get his brother out of prison. <laughs> yeah. Um. So obviously, there's a few more t- attempts by Lycans to like get at Michael in there, like when he's. They're pretty useless, like, to be fair, considering this is just a feller. Yeah. Just then, a... It takes the leader of the Lycans, Lucian, in the scene, just after he has that little chat at the hospital, to turn up, basically just pop out of the lift at his apartment and go, oh, good morning, and then bite him immediately. It's like, yeah. blooming hell! Blooming hell, that's a bit much. It's not fair, is it? Um. Yeah, so obviously those Lucians are after... Why does he bite Lucians? The Lucians. <laughs> it's difficult, <laughs> isn't it? Because obviously Lucian was presumed dead, but then only one person apparently witnessed his supposed death. But that was ages ago. So what's he been doing all this Hundreds time? Hundreds of years ago. Uh, Craven. I, all this enough. time. It's been there's, so much, this there's so much that happens over the course of this movie, which I'm assuming is four or five days. Yeah? Yeah. So what? So he's hundreds of years. He's just been chilling. He's watching... blown it in five days. <laughs> Watching the 
watching the lichens become a group of they're fighting between turn into werewolves and fight. Why why can they transform in the day? I don't actually know. Do we know? It's just gonna, just because practice. Just a little bit of practice. Um, there's also a weird bit where they're all trying to get at Michael and Selena's like almost defending him. She goes to his house and the lichens like running on the walls. And I was looking at it going, that's slower than running on the ground. <laughs> they're running on the they're walls, running... but what what they don't account for when they're running towards her on the wall is that she is gonna Anakin Skywalker shoot around herself like a circle and uses gun instead of a lightsaber. But basically, cut a hole in the floor of this apartment. Probably old ladies in their in their rent controlled apartments, fucking blast into ribbons by a machine gunning all over. <laughs> the place. old lady trying to get in her flat underneath, and she just gets <laughs> torn Literally to pieces. Torn to pieces with silver bullets. Because Are the thing meant- that you need to appreciate is is that silver bullets equally deadly to humans. Can you imagine as well that the person who made those lovely silver nitrate bullets was like, each one of these bullets takes me probably about an hour to put together, right? And I've made loads. So I've put a lot of time and effort into this. Be careful. Make sure you hit a vampire. Make sure you hit a werewolf with it. That used <laughs> to blast through the floor. <laughs> fire it. This, this takes about 10 seconds. And these vampires are in the same corridor, sir. So how they have not got to her before she blasted. I feel like she also, could have taken the stairs. Also, you just jump. If you were a werewolf, you just jump down the hole after her. But for some so, reason, they're like, Thanks for oh, making that. Whoa. Um, yeah, so that obviously happens. That that is when Lucian bites Michael. Um, now let and me try and understand. Still try and take him at that point. I think he does it as yeah. like an insurance policy that if he doesn't capture him now, then Michael will be a werewolf at some point, and he'll have to come and. Find oh wait, him. he gets his blood. Yeah. Oh, that's it. He wants to use it for yeah. a test. So, so that so this fits, it fits two purposes. So there is a lichen doctor professor who's like testing slash torturing some people and he's crossing names off of the list all trying all the corvins he can find are you all the corvins he... are you michael corvin i'm actually not i'm actually not he's crossing them off and he's clearly trying to make a lichen vampire hybrid surprise so he's been to it before this but he's been he's been testing this stuff and because what's the reason for it so michael is like a relation or descendant of I somebody mean... Let me rewind it for you, Ben, with some of the exposition of the film. Jesus. So someone talks at some point. In fact, it's not easy when, to follow. When we're talking to Victor a bit later on, they recount this legend later, but for the purposes of the listeners and you, I'll do this right now. So there was once this legend that there were there was there was this fella, right? And he had uh three offspring. One was bitten by a bat, I assume became a vampire. One was bitten by a, a wolf, and I assume became a werewolf or lichen, and Jesus. one of them was doomed to walk the path of the mortal. And yeah. whereas vampires have been immortal for ages, that line of the family, they're all related. Come on, why are you fighting? They're all related. Uh, and that line of the family carried on. So then the lichens are looking for the descendant from the mortal side of the family because they are led to believe that they have the secret to unifying the bloodlines to make a nightcrawler. For what? What for? He's in so, the second one quite a bit. I need to watch it. So is he supposed but... to be like a sort of super weapon that allies himself? Because this is a weird thing, right? It's not clear who we're supposed to root for. I think on the surface, we're supposed to think that the, the werewolves are bad guys, vampires are good guys. But as it, things play out, it's like, well, they're, they're not. It's a complex movie, then. This is why it's two hours long. Um, so... <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
yeah, so Selena's has, has done that. And this is, I guess, the whole Michael Corvin and the Corvin family thing and the werewolves experimenting on everyone with this family name until they found the right one is got a lot of the Terminator about it because those werewolves are having to go around going, you're mm. Corvin? Yes, captured. Um, but we have another bit here. when captured. So when Celine has rescued um, Michael Corvin from the... From from Lucian, Stop they have a Terminator it. scene because because the, her and Michael Corvin are in the are in the thing, and Lucian has got like a T one thousand blade arm, but it, 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 oh, but yeah. it's spring loaded, and he sprint and he sprints after the car like a T one thousand. He comes out of a lift, gets yeah. him, and then when they're escaping, sprints after the car, starts stabbing through the roof, and then the driver of the car breaking makes him tumble off, and they get a chance to run him over. He stabs Celine like in the shoulder, right? Yeah, and um, Michael Corvin at this point turns around. He's one of those characters you always have to use the full name. Michael Corvin turns around and goes, "Ear, do you want to let me out?" She goes, "No, look, just don't, all right." Um, and he says, "Well, this is actually for your own good." He well actually sir, and says, "Well, you've lost a load of blood. Like, pull over before you pass out and kill us both." And unfortunately, him saying that like triggers the curse. Because she goes from being sharp and fine to as soon as she, oh, fuck off, mate. I'm not going to pass out because I'm a vampire. And then immediately, like, keels over yeah. and crashes the car into, like, the Hudson River or something. Awful. Well, I say awful, you know, it's very unfortunate. But she's all right because they get they get better. They get out and she has healed. And she tells him, like, come over here. And the next thing you know is he wakes up in... The vampire house. So is this where she's... This is where we're supposed to think, because she even says, oh, he saved my life. So we're supposed to think, okay, now maybe she's having a little bit of feelings. That's all we got to do is save her life. And she'll <laughs> Did be... he save her life by saying, pull over because you're going to crash yeah. in a minute? She does say that though, right? Very romantic. She does say that. Um, uh, in- incredibly romantic, yes. She's got him at the house, but the vampire lady that fancies Craven, she pops in to have a quick peek at Michael Corbin, and... Sees he's got a bite on him, hisses at him from the ceiling. <laughs> hisses at him, jumps on the ceiling, and even and even then, Michael Corbin's like, bloody hell! He's not he's not thinking, what's going on here? What is going on? Um. So yeah, and then he this is this is the thing. He's never in one place for more than like five minutes. He's always getting chased or like running away from a place. He like jumps out the window, and then some dogs like chase him. Um. He gets when he was climbing over that gate. I was worried he was going to get Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> Celine, <laughs> pierce me foot on a spike. I can imagine she. <laughs> I can imagine she'd be absolutely. She'd be like, oh, embarrassed, embarrassed. And it was a bit like it was a, a bit like uh, Mr. Burns in The Simpsons. Release the hound, release yeah. the hounds. Yeah, yeah. It is like a big Mr. Burns house that the vampires all live in. But you know they've got stuff going on. The one of the one of the elders is due to come for a visit, so they're putting on a spread. Hmm. It's all the, mad. The, the, yeah, advan- it's... the advance party of the elder that's visiting comes on their own two days before. They fly in from somewhere and they yeah. do a lovely speech just oh, for a yeah. little bit of exposition. Like, in two days, when the elder, the woman one, arrives, then we'll have a <laughs> lovely time. It'll be time to wake up Marcus and... Yeah, so there's like, when the el- there's like elders and then two are asleep and one is awake... 
So Marcus is the next one they're going to wake up. And yes. it's someone else going to sleep? Amelia. Amelia. Amelia going to, going to sleep. She's going to have a big sleep. And obviously we've still got, um, what's his name? Still a... Yeah. Victor. Who's having a... Victor's I'm not due just... for like 100 years or so yet. I'm just looking... There's a character in, in Underworld Evolution, which is the second one, called Marcus Corvinius, which I'm assuming yeah, is supposed one. to be like... He's Marcus. He's to... the guy that rocks up at the end of the last... So why one, is right? there someone called Michael Corvin then? Is he related? Is that right? Yeah, they're all related. They're brothers, aren't they? Oh, I'm so conf... Sorry. So um, there's a Marcus that was the bat, then there's, I guess... Yeah. Is Lucian the original vampire, the original werewolf? Who knows? Maybe we don't get to that. But then Michael Corvin is the, the main one. I can't believe that Kate Beckinsale is in all of all five of the movies. I don't know why. For some reason, She's in my not head, in three. It's Rona Mitra instead. Tomb Raider original Tomb Raider model. Rona Mitra is the third. Rona Mitra, as in. Oh, okay, okay. Rona Mitra. Oh, as Sonya. So it's a past one. Yeah, it's the it's, that's 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 the beginnings of the war bend. So when you're going through this, this will be the this will be crucial information for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe Kate Beckinsale no, is no. in it towards the end. Is she in it? Is she in number three? I mean, I'm not seeing her on the list here. Oh, Cameo yeah. role. Cameo yeah, so role. Maybe There's she's in it at ca- the end. Yeah, she's she's billed below Big Lycan, played by Brian Steele. Played below Big Lycan. Jeez. Yeah. And obviously, Awakening and then Blood Wars. Isn't there one where she's a bit blonde? I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's one where she's a bit blonde, and I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, is it a Henry Cavill have... situation? She's had because... a hair dyed blonde for another role, but I can't change it. I can't change it. I was like, where's she gone to get her hair done? Celine the vampire. Do you reckon they've got like vampire hairdressers knocking about? I think it just depends on the country. In this country, <laughs> um, hairdresser that'll close at five. You maybe get one late night a week if you're lucky. Maybe you get um, like uh, other someone... countries. You get a night hairdresser. Lived a in mobile Grimm. hairdresser. Used to, at, used to get my hair cut at eleven p.m. Standard. What you did? Yeah. <laughs> place yeah. called place called Italy Hair is above the one of the shops I used to go to. Used to go in there. Italy go in there, Hair. Go, go in there. Go in there every evening. Have a give you a cocktail while you were waiting. Give you a haircut. Sounds amazing. It's Tell an, you what, it's a normalized a, a nighttime haircut, haircut. It's a lovely time. Um. Italian haircuts as well only, right? No, very much from the haircut I had while I lived over there. Haircuts that I didn't live in a town that had a big uh, community of foreigners. So Wait, so where, mostly... where were you living when you got this done? Korea. Oh, it was Korea. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, okay. like I, I very much had the haircut that they were used to giving to the Korean gentleman that would come in okay. there. I love it. Basically, they'd just be like, cut some of my hair off, please. Cut some of my hair off, and they go, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it in the Italian fashion, in Italy hair." Uh, okay, so what? Happened? So around about this time, I think Celine starts to suspect Craven as being a bit of a wrongen because they think they work out that Lucian's alive, and then Craven was like, "You're the only one who witnessed Lucian's supposed death." So, yes, yeah, so and he's alive. Yeah, so I should bloody know then, shouldn't I? Only one who witnessed it. Thanks. No further questions. Got to go. Yeah. Don't stitch me up. And, um, and of yeah, course, so... but, that, but now she hatches a plan where she's like, I'm going to wake up. Basically, I'm going to be a massive grass. I'm going to, I think you're you're doing something wrong. I'm going to wake up Victor, played by Bill Nighy, Mr. Mr. Scoffy Man himself. And what does she do? Like, she can sort of present her, her memories yeah, to him in so some way? Another bit of law comes at us pretty soon in that the only the elders, no one explains why they go to sleep, but just, I guess they're just sick of it. 
So Absolutely no one explains knackered. why they ever sleep. Maybe they just don't get on very well with each other, but respect each other. So yeah. Amelia, Marcus and Victor, they take turns to be awake and rule for 100 years or so. Now, um, only elders get to wake things up because apparently they have a special power that allows you to um, organise your thoughts. Basically, they're really good at doing like a previously on. So what they should do is if they wake them up with their blood, <laughs> yeah. then they can think about it really hard. And from drinking their blood, they're like, oh, this is me uh, caught up on what's yeah, happened so... over the last hundred years. But Celine can't do that. And she just is able to, she like fogs up the mirror like Pob, writes Victor on it. So there's that message. And Imagine then being goes, caught... <laughs> like oh, I'm waking, like Pob. She like <sighs> blows over the mirror, writes Victor on it. And then says, oh, when you see this in the recap, um, when you're waking up, uh, I reckon uh, Craven's been mugging you off, so I've had to wake you up early. Can you imagine Sorry. getting a hundred years of news like into your head, like after being asleep for a hundred years? It'd be absolutely baffling. Baffling. Can you imagine a uh, like, hundred years? Hundred years have passed, and you're trying to explain VR, OnlyFans, and McDonald's to, <laughs> to, some, <laughs> to someone who's been asleep all this time. Maybe well, that. Excuse me. A hundred years though, like you've only like you've been like, the oh. last five years. Yeah, be like, oh, you know, that'd be just like, oh, well, there's well, there's like World War One that's not long, you know, that's that's been going on. Oh yeah, and then there's all that other stuff. Imagine doing nineteen twenty three to now. Right, I get serious FOMO as well. Right, like I really do. Um, oh, can you just imagine it? All the games and films and music you would have missed. Waking up you... completely out of date with everything. Waking up going, oh, what's that? What's that hit song that everyone's dancing to these days? Oh, it's got, that's why only the elders wake each other up because you get that. Because can you speaking of FOMO, Ben? If you if you were one of the vampire elders, what if it was your turn to go to sleep? Like I don't know, for example, <laughs> between Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, oh God, yeah. Absolutely so, not. I, I, might, I might hang on another six months, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of bad news constantly, but just those little shreds of, of good good a news little, hold on to me. A little, oh. pop, a little bit of pop culture enjoyment. Yeah. They would have I'd done wake... that, though. If they'd been waking up one of the vampire elders now, they'd have got, <laughs> as part of their recap, they'd have got the, the connectivity of the MCU really soon. Yeah. Oh, Vic, yeah. Imagine That's Victor waking up and saying, "Hang on, um, looking at the list here, it appears they made a uh, series of the Inhumans, <laughs> but that wasn't in your recap. Oh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> the hell, you leaving me in the lurch here? I want all that information? Thanks. Absolutely, leaving me in the lurch. Essentially, um, you don't give everything. So she wakes him up. Obviously, feeds him a bit of blood. He gets caught up. To be fair, in the grand scheme of things. I personally don't feel like it's a big enough reason for him to wake her to wake him up, especially considering Marcus was going to be woken up like very, very soon. But she prefers Victor, though, didn't she? Is that the reason? Yeah, because she he's like he's like her vampire dad. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. It's him right. that who... turned her into a vampire. And it's um, who plays Marcus? Someone called Tony Curran. I do recognize him. Big CGI Batman. That's who he is. Oh okay. Um. So in this one, so Victor is is woken up, and as we've said before, he does some scoffing because he's all yeah. he's all skeletal and and 
he's been slurped out like a capris since he hadn't had no blood for ages. Yeah, so but he's got, lo- he's got loads of better. blood um, lines like in his back to try yeah. and get him back to his best, right? But yeah, you'd be fuming. You'd be like, you've literally messed up the whole plan of this. Now, like, now Marcus is going to wake up and we can't both be woken up at the same time. It's awkward. We hate each other. I don't know if they do. Yeah, but... he's livid. I mean, you like just like scoffs at her not to talk electronics and she like goes and Craven's like no don't go and he tries to be all forceful at this point and he's like you're going to go in there you're going to see it <laughs> and you're going to say exactly the things that I tell you to say otherwise you're in big trouble and she goes oh actually uh, I've written down all the things I was going to say and she reaches into a big black jacket and he's like oh finally a bit of sense and she pulls out her middle finger and is like ah and like goes in and he's like oh, see you later um, and then so he does go in, uh, and this is when he scoffs at her, and he like goes, well, fine, I'll do a proper investigation into his craven mugging me off, and did he really not kill Lucian? But Lucian's definitely dead, actually, and now I've thought about it, and you, actually, you've got to be punished, because you've been yeah. real bad waking me up early. You've got to be punished! Like... Uh, there will be no leniency! And... <laughs> It's proper like you'd be fu- you'd be gutted, wouldn't you? You think I'll get Victor, I'll wake him up, I'll grass you all in. Victor's gonna be fuming, and then he takes takes your side. I mean, takes vampires. Their side, sorry. What they probably want is a better policy on no retaliations for reporting ethics problems in good faith. In a modern HR system, Ben, in a modern working environment, which I assume the vampires should aspire to, but they're all about high society. You mm. really want to make sure there's no. If you raise a concern in good faith. Is that any way to deal with it? You're actually you've woken me up out of sequence here. You imagine that you're at work and you think the you think someone's inside a trading, but he cooking the old books. You think someone's cooking the books? You go to the CEO and say, "I need to take this right." The CEO emails you back and says, mm, "You were supposed to take this to your line manager first, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to have you killed." And you you'd go, be, "Fair enough." You'd be livid, wouldn't you? You'd be fuming. You'd be fuming. Um, so obviously the history. So Victor saved Celine. So her family were like killed by lichens. Yeah. Victor saved Celine, obviously turned into a vampire. Um, and then yeah, so she's basically he's basically her dad now. Where um vampire dad. That's what we want. Uh, that's what they want us to think anyway. We'll come back they... to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so and that is basically why her she's got like a vengeful campaign against the lichens. Um and then Michael, who's having all these hallucinations about like like and shit yeah he's watching lucian he's just watching lucian's no. memories so yeah no and somebody burning um yeah and around about this time he he's all again he's always tied up michael he's get he's tied up at some point i think because celine thinks he's gonna turn into like a werewolf when the full moon rises even though they can turn at any point so it doesn't really make I sense think the maybe first time, first time yeah pick. okay still pretty nuts unless um, you've taken some some plot medicine some plot medicine, yeah. And this is around about the time. So obviously Celine's trying to get Victor on her side and she manages to find that lichen scientist we mentioned before called Singe. That's his name, apparently. Um, And basically he does a classic. You tell me, you tell her, you tell him what, what you told me. And he explains Oh yeah, because she's everything. escaped. She's going to be executed. But that, yeah, the woman who wants to have sex with uh, Craven basically says, Look, here's your jacket and your machine guns. Fuck off. This is my that's all, benefit. That's all she needed to escape. Jacket and machine guns. Before that, she couldn't have done it. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she captures Singe and she takes him back 
um, and says, um, tell him what you told me. Mm. And Lucian's plan is being hatched at this point because he's had his security team go and meet Amelia's train and they've all been vampire machine gunned to death as well. Well, no, all the vampire, all the lichens just attack, don't they? Oh, I think he set them up to do it, right? He was like, oh, this will happen. Yeah. And he set the lichens there to absolutely murk them all. Absolutely murk everybody, yeah. Um, yeah, um, what, yeah so next? just when she gets the, she gets singed to grass, to grass on the, you don't believe me, will you? Well, believe the words of one of your sworn enemies. And then singe <laughs> yeah. the scientist uh, says, yeah. Stop saying singe. Uh, he says, yeah. Uh, it is a big plot. Uh, Lucian's alive and well, and Craven's a big old traitor. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah he, of course, and he's, him up. He's, yeah, he, he does all the grassing up, and then Victor scoffs, like looks at where right Craven, you're in big trouble. And he turns around, Craven is like literally like a smoke outline of Craven is there, and he's disappeared, and he's poofed he's off, sprinted off. He's poofed off. Uh, <laughs> so he's gone. Um, and yeah, I think we get more backstory, more. I think Michael starts seeing other things. He sees that Lucian was in love with Victor's daughter, Sonia. Obviously, as you've already oh, mentioned. Oh, Ronamitra herself. Ronamitra, yeah. Um, and then Victor murdered her after he discovered their forbidden affair. And that's when we see Lucian like screaming, no. And then Lucian also says that Lycans were once slaves of vampires, and the war began when they rose up against them and fought for their freedom. I think if you're a vampire, not condemn it, not saying slavery should be a thing anyway, of course. If not. anyone was into it, it'd be them bloody vampires. They're wrong. Vampires? Why would you keep bloody why would you keep lichens as as slaves? They terrifying, they're strong. Just keep humans weak, easy to manipulate. <laughs> Or also, you've got loads of inherited wealth. Just pay people a living wage, vampires, if That's you could. True. That's true. So I'm people assuming... be less. I, I think this is the same applied to the the ruling class of today, Ben. If you just pay people properly, they'll be less inclined to stab you in the heart while you're asleep. That's yeah. I totally agree with that. I'm assuming that film three, Rise of the Lycans, is going to be about this. It's going to be That's about the, be the Lycans union, the the Lycans unionizing. And yeah, and say, listen, listen, get us out of here. We're sick listen, of it. No burning up my partner just because of our forbidden love. No burning up my partner, slaves. but also like Victor's daughter as well. Like, I mean, come on. There's got to be a, there's got to be at least twelve other things you do before going. I'm just going to murder them both. I say, well, I'll no, say, I'll say, a rare positive about Victor is that I guess at least he applies the rules fairly. Well, he's yeah, not maybe. there, like saying, "Well, maybe I did have a party in lockdown, but actually, is it really illegal?" That isn't what Victor did. Be like, "No, sorry, slap the cuffs on to prison." I fucked this. <laughs> I fucked it, lads. I've absolutely fucked it. I've set the rules, and I've got to pay the consequences. Sorry, chain us up to this post when I get burned up by the sun. I guess. Siege also explains why the Lycans want Michaels, who's like vampires and Lycans have a common ancestor. Michaels a direct descendant of them. He, he is. He, an heir to the legendary Cor Corvinus bloodline. He carries a unique genetic strain that can allow him to become a vampire werewolf hybrid, which Singe predicts will lack the weaknesses of both species. Based on what? He's mixed the what blood together. We're going to get these two dish, things together. And if you mix them together, the weaknesses of both will just be eradicated. Oh, yeah. Have you got any um, actual 
evidence of that or any any yeah, any I've findings? Some experiments. I guess it's how rosé was invented, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't oh. rosé just right white white wine, but just left some of the skins in it for a while, something like that? <laughs> I'm not a. Some, uh, it is something I'm like not, that. It's not it a sommelier. Not, I couldn't tell you. It's not red and white mixed together. It's not that. Sometimes it's that. No, when it's not. When, well, when you're when you're at a wedding, you've already drank a bottle of each, and then you think, oh. Okay. Okay. Well, let you made, made some rosé. Then there was a guy that wasn't really going to drink <laughs> at a wedding we were at. A, <laughs> we, were having, we were having a lovely time, but we weren't big important guests at this wedding. It was just we were there to just enjoy ourselves, and there was a guy who was there with his pregnant wife. Who wasn't going to drink all that much? We played a game where it's like, oh, like, oh no, you've, you've. I'm afraid you've accumulated a forfeit. That means you've got to have rosé, which we oh. poured the red and white in there together. Amazing. And he was very. And he sick was convinced. On, we felt quite bad. Oh, he's sick. That's it. You got to do he's it right. You can't. You can't, muck, you can't muck about like that. So basically, yeah, Michael <laughs> is the rosé wine of the vampire werewolf scenario. Yeah, best um, of both worlds. The weaknesses of neither. Victor kills Singe. How does he kill him? Just slaps his head off. He twists his head off like a bird. Yeah. Um, and then basically says, right, death dealers, everybody get together, get all your lovely guns, um, and we'll go into the lichens lair, and we're going to kill all the remaining lichens, including Michael. Um, yeah, because Michael's been captured, everybody, by the way. Um he was going back to. He went back to work. He's never not been captured. He's been. He's always in someone else's custody. So he's, he's getting... briefly not captured. Celine handcuffed him no, to a not. thing and said, "Right, take this werewolf medicine if the time comes." He escapes from that, goes into the office where Wentworth Miller grass. He grass. Everyone grasses, grasses him in as well. Yeah. yeah. He was like, "All right, take it easy. I know you've been having these hallucinations. Probably just working a bit hard." He goes, "No, no, it's." I've been captured by werewolves and vampires. He goes, all right. Hello, police. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's fucked. Michael Corbin, he's mad, actually. And then the two policemen that turned up happened to be werewolf policemen. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, oh, man. Can you send the police? Yeah, we got a couple of werewolf police on their way. Uh, so the werewolf police, they have captured him. And I love the bit where they're driving him back, where, like, Michael Corbin, the full moon is coming out, and he is in the back of the werewolf police car, absolutely losing it, transforming into a werewolf. His nose this is extending is, and his ribs are CGI breaking. This is the equivalent of when you get in the back of a taxi, uh, if you've had a skin full and you're on, you're very, very close to chunder, to a chunder situation, very close. However, before you get into the car, you say, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, yeah, just take me home. And then while you're in the back of the car, it feels like you're on a fucking nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Alton Towers, it's really literally like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so down. That is always, uh, um, you know, if you've been like, if you ever make the mistake of sitting in the front of a car when you're feeling sick, and it's like in Star Wars when they go into hyperspace and the, star- <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lights just come towards you. Can you slow like, down what? a minute. Could you slow down? Have you ever uh, stopped a taxi so you could chunder like at the side of the road? No, I've been. On the way back from a house party many years. Probably in the underworld era, actually. I've been Michael Corbin. I've been to a house party, which I've got my poor, long-suffering mum to pick me up from and bring me back uh, from. Yeah. And going around a roundabout near Tamworth Ooh. Venture Park Shopping Centre, I've been sick out of the window of her Rover 200. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's good. I- I've managed to have the wearable to stop a taxi so I could chunder. And, and he's waited for me. 
which is very nice. But then obviously says, don't be sick again in the car because I'll have you. Thanks. I would have thought I was considering it, but surely you should give me credit for not having. Well done, Ben. Yeah. I know you're someone who can know to stop. Yeah, I mean that just just that one time. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure I've not been sick in the back of a taxi. I've been with somebody who has been sick in the back of a taxi, and they've like tried to hide the fact that they have. <laughs> they've just kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. They've kind of just gone. <laughs> a bit of it sick, and you go like, let it fall out. Yeah, and you go like, oh no, and then oh, they go. Ben, you stay in their eye line and make burping but no sick noises. Like, oh, oh. So, pardon, pardon. Oh, I mean. To, to, it, of all these memories of drinking doesn't make as as a as a teetotal man it doesn't make me feel like oh god i miss those times because it was it was horrible wasn't it like getting in a car and thinking oh, i'll be home in five minutes and then being like fighting for your life <laughs> literally fighting <laughs> yeah. for your life in some the of my worst experiences are <laughs> almost when you get home and you felt all fine until you've got home and then you try to get into bed when you yeah. lie back and close your eyes then <laughs> so you have to put your leg out onto the floor to, to to ground you it was a combination of spinning but also like your ears ringing yeah it was horrible <laughs> it was like... and you can't sleep because you're just fucked so you're just like holding on for dear life it's horrible oh, it's horrible isn't it? I just want it to end but um, basically this is what Michael's experiencing while he's turning yeah. into a werewolf in the back of the car and the werewolf and... the werewolf policeman go stop and giving him the ejection it was like oh but we're almost there we're nearly there, mate. Stop it giving the injection. What is the injection supposed to do? Just stop him turning or something stop like that. Him, stop it. Like, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's an injection called the CGI budget, and we've done the bit inside, <laughs> inside his. We had like a little CGI bit inside his chest, seeing his ribs change to dog ribs, and then he's transforming. Yep. But they do have to stop eventually, and this is why it's a two-hour film. Uh, this cause... is another thing. I mean, talking about the werewolf effects, obviously, in a, in a world where we've we've experienced. An American werewolf in London and the howling and various other dog soldiers, various other like werewolf effects, which are great. Um, obviously with dog soldiers, the transformation happened behind a table. That's fine. With this one, this is like if you imagine a CGI werewolf transformation that isn't Van Helsing, where like all his hair, like kind of just that's kind of a mad it one. Comes a silky this, head and shoulders. This is werewolf. kind of it. I feel like this is it. The sort of the face just go 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 elongating um and again as we mentioned the vampires always wait for the werewolves to transform there's a bit where a werewolf is raised as a showdown with a guy with whips i guess silver whips and (laughs) he waits for so long for the transform because they got to take their clothes off then they step forward and then they transform and the vampire the old time's like going get on with it yeah and he's just doing his whip practice um yeah, so yeah, the that, that's when they captured Michael Corvin and uh, he meets Lucian at this point and says, oh yeah, those are my memories actually that you're having. He explains that what it was. Said, oh yeah, the person there, that that's me. And that was my that was my love. Victor's own daughter. What a... That's me. What do I look like in those memories? Do I, what do I look today. like? Same as I do today. Do I look the same? I've got the same haircut. Have I got any embarrassing... No, no, you're fine. You're fine, mate. So he's, he's got that. Um, and he goes, oh, actually, we'll be friends, you and I, but yeah, this is it. Craven turns up at the base first and goes, ha, ah, um, I told you I was a traitor, and I've killed Amelia, and they oh, well, we're keeping secrets as well, mate. We've all got secrets and dirt on each other. Yeah, and then Craven goes, well, guess what? What I'm going to do is shoot you with with uh, 
mercury silver nitrate bullets. Yeah. Uh, shoots him. He like collapses, and that's when Ray's comes along. And goes, oh my god, Lucian, are you okay? Have you been shot with uh silver nitrate and bullets? <laughs> and he goes, I, I have, but uh, basically, if I grimace enough, I'll probably be alright. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So obviously, the werewolves usually pop out the silver bullets, but this is like right in your blood, so you can't. So it's basically poisoning you. You're it's dying. Like the, it's like those um. Norofen fast-acting liquid painkillers, right? Straight to yeah. the source. Exactly, yeah, just like that. Um, so this, yeah, obviously, they they've turned on each other, and then I think who tells, and it's then when Celine finds Lucian, and Lucian says it was Victor who murdered your family, and he spared and mentored you because you reminded him of his daughter. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing. His totally daughter normal. was killed hundreds of years ago in the olden days, and then Kate Beckinsale was transformed to a werewolf years later. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's going to make sense within the five movies what we're going to get. We'll get to um, it. Yeah. And he, so Celine is for, and then, so, yeah, so Celine bites. So Mike, Michael's like on his way out, essentially, isn't he? Um, yeah. Because what happens? Does he also get silver nitrate bulleted? Maybe. Yeah. So she, so she but, bites him. Yeah, dying Lucian has just enough energy. He does Nobody get some has ever survived on. a bite from a werewolf and a vampire. Nobody ever in hundreds, hundreds of years. This time it's going to work. Yeah, Lucian leans forward and goes, bite him, will you? Just give him a bite. And she goes, well, that's me convinced. Have they had a snog at this point? Probably. I'm not sure. But basically, what Michael turns into is Wes Borland from uh, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> With black, like he's he's but he's got black like makeup all over his body, and he's got black, <laughs> black um what are they called completely what black they... pupils. Yeah. Oh, irises. He's got black everything. Black yeah. sclera. So basically, he's this is why this film is so early two thousands and new metal. It's because he looks like Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit. Um, even so, he moves like him because Wes Borland always moved very with loads of extreme movements on stage. <laughs> he could like teleport. Oh yeah, because he does. Basically, he does Dragon Ball Z fighting now, where he can like instantly translocate yeah. behind. Because Victor's here now. Um, and Victor's are Victor's nails, right? Yeah. How does how does um Craven eat shit? Does does um does he get killed by um? Oh, he gets. Stabbed by Lucian, who isn't quite dead, uses yeah. his blade, uh, his Terminator 2 hidden Assassin's his Creed Assassin's blade. Assassin's Creed blade, yeah. Um, yeah, so they like have a battle. It's kind of like Lucian, he kills some people. Um, and then he admits to Celine, yeah, I murdered your parents. And, and yeah, and it was sort of me, talk, actually. Admits about the kid killing his daughter as well. Oh, and he admits um, why he killed her. Because of yeah. the abomination growing in her tummy. So they were going to have a vampire like yeah. and bye bye. But no, that didn't happen. He killed it. Um, and then he says he made Selena mortal because he loves her. And then, then he has a fight with, with Michael, who's, yeah, super strong. Can There's teleport. Instant translocation behind him, but scratches him to pieces. Yeah. But Michael, does Michael still lose? Yeah, but Michael still loses. So Victor, obviously, he's got a lot more. Because Michael, despite the fact that he's now a vampire werewolf hybrid, is useless. Now, we have to understand this because this is this is something that comes up all the time when we talk about Homelander. 
is that Homelander may be super strong, but he's not a trained fighter. So even though he's super strong, if he went up against someone like Omni-Man or Superman, he'd get battered because they've got so much more experience in in And soon we'll be able to. And soon we'll actually be able to. Yes, Horror adjacent news, everybody. New but Mortal that's... Kombat characters. Hooray. <laughs> exactly. So the fact that Michael is useless anyway, it doesn't matter that he's now half vampire, half werewolf. He's still useless. And that's why yeah. Victor gets the upper hand. And I guess he's only just been in for it. He's only just been Westbourne for a few minutes. <laughs> exactly. You'd suddenly, it'd be like suddenly someone handing you a PlayStation controller and going, right, you're fully leveled up. You're the best. You're the best version of this character. Now fight the fight this mega boss. But you didn't know yeah. what the controls were. You weren't used to it. You didn't yeah, know what exactly. R two and L two meant. You didn't know what your special like, moves were. It'd be like me just staring a ring on the doorbell tomorrow morning, nipping out to the driveway. So I guess, right, Andy, is your Harrier jump jet your pilot now? <laughs> yeah. And you go. You're Top Gun Maverick, mate. Get out there. Get out there. Yeah. You got these um, skills, but you don't know how to implement them. So yeah, he he doesn't know how to use his powers yet. So Victor is able to outfight him and throw him into a wall. He takes some scratches, he takes some injuries, but he gets yeah. thrown into a wall and like knocked out. Um, so Celine, who'd been thrown against a wall later on, um, yeah, gets up, gets the sword, and she. Does like it's it's a great like Kill Bill like samurai movie thing where they jump past each other. Bill Nye does one last go and then holds still, and then he gets a big. Yeah. Tell you what, Ben, another Resident Evil moment like good old uh, Colin Salmon himself. You think he's fine, and then yeah, he's been chopped with the laser grid, or in this case, the sword. Classic. The line comes across and his head drops in half because vampires immortal. I don't like a sunshine bullet, but can also have their head chopped in half with a sword. Also have the head chopped off, yeah, which is totally understandable. Victor is done for. Um, Celine and Michael flee the the lair together. It says here, now enemies of both vampires and lichens. Okay, so it's like going, oh, you'd never believe what's going to happen in the sequel. And then at the vampire's mansion, Marcus, who's now the only surviving vampire elder. He's missed all this. He's asleep. He's missed this. He's asleep. And it's Singe's blood that wakes him up. Yeah. Apparently. So Singe's werewolf. He's been slowly dribbling towards the sarcophagus this whole time. Come on, come on. Just like Popeye, like craning for his spinach can. Just need a little snifter of that stuff. So I wonder, in in Underworld 2, Bearing in mind it's werewolf blood that's got him up. Is he is it just blood yeah. and his blood is blood and he's a vampire man? Or is he also yeah. a Westmoreland? I mean, I'm g I am don't really know, but uh, we'll soon find out, I guess, when we watch the 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 sequel or maybe all of the sequels, who knows? Um apparently <laughs> Well, I was about to give you some some trivia there, but I suppose we should move on. No, no give, give, give us some trivia. That's the end of the film. They're enemies, yeah. and don't worry, there's another four movies to see what gets up to them. Said about the next. Michael being bloody useless, Scott Speedman suffered a concussion when a set prop that was supposed to be a piece of wall of the wall Victor had just thrown at him hit him in the head. Well, no wonder he was so woozy. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not that many other interesting 
facts, really. Apparently, Kate Beckinsale met her future husband, Les- Lem Wiseman, on this. Oh, hang on, another parallel. But at the time, she was in a long-term relationship with actor Michael Sheen, who played Lucian. Oh. Oh, my God. Behind, I mean, this... the, behind the... So, Len Wiseman, the director of this film, went yeah. on to start, went on to marry the young action gun-toting starlet of this. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Ben, that I felt I implied that you would love her because obviously you wouldn't step in front of that relationship either. Another person, no. just a Michael... director who has married the attractive star of his action film. Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. He loves his wife. Uh, so Michael and Len have since become very close friends have collaborated with each other on Rise of the Lycans. Michael and Kate remain very close and both are raising their daughter equally. Well, this is only on IMDb. We don't know what parental responsibility. So she has a, so her, got a kid? not just a long-term relationship, had a kid with Michael Sheen. Yeah, interesting. I didn't know that. I did not know that. And I don't think it made me look at this film in any other way, but yeah. Um, have you got any name game? I have got some I have got some name game, but I will also point out I'm just looking through this synopsis and having looks if there's any more trivia on the Wikipedia. You know you talked about how it's a wonder that it's not based on anything, uh, like an existing IP. Yeah. Let me read to you a little section here called Legal Controversy. Oh. The film was subject oh to a copyright infringement lawsuit by White Wolf Incorporated and Nancy A. Collins claiming the setting was too similar to Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf colon the Apocalypse Games, both set in the World of Darkness (laughs) and to the Sonya Blue vampire novels. White Wolf Ah. had 17 counts of copyright infringements and claimed over 80 points of unique similarity between White Wolf's gaming system and the film. One of the points being the vampire's in the underworld, drink blood. Um, oh, White on. Wolf Incorporated also the script was very similar to a story entitled The Love Monsters 1994, which they published, written by Nancy A. Collins. In September 2003, a judge granted White Wolf an expedited hearing. The lawsuit end- ended in a confidential settlement. Oh, okay. It's surprising, I mean, very, though, isn't it? very strange, surely... though, the fact that vampires drink blood. Like, surely you can't call, pull that. I think it's hard to say we only saw one of those examples from the 80 points of unique similarity, but drinking blood feels like that's probably one that wouldn't stand up if you were saying that yeah. you exclusively had that on vampires. But I think sometimes these things settle out of court. But very difficult with these characters that are by concept in the public domain. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Um, okay. Name game. I got a couple you got... for you. Have you got any today? Uh, yeah, I got a couple, but you might have chosen one. Should we round robin that then? So, so Celine, a vampire warrior, is entrenched in a conflict between vampires and werewolves and falls in love with a useless twat. <laughs> so, shall I begin then with this? Celine, a vampire death dealer, finds herself in between a war between an inept, talky hotel owner and the mishaps that happened around his business and another beret-wearing man um, who tries loads of various jobs and things always go awry. Basil Fawlty and Frank Spencer, right? Yeah, these are just two examples. I mean, it could be the Chuckle Brothers, it could be any number. 
of these people. It could be Bodger and Badger. They're all involved. All these, all these comedy characters are always trying to be in a big conflict with each other, but it always goes comically wrong. Is it? It always goes comically wrong. Fun. Plunder world. Fun. No, not, not not plunder. It's it's always going, always going wrong. Always some mishaps. Always, always messing it up. They are trying to do these oh. plans. They always just go wrong. Lucian's livid. He asked them to just but he catch Michael Corvin, and they've you know <laughs> roller skated down the hill, smashed like a big plate glass you window. Give me a clue because I'm struggling. I'm struggling. This film, Blunder World. <laughs> Oh, Blunder... Oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense, than <laughs> not it? Blunder World. I was getting bogged down by thinking British comedy legends world. <laughs> I say legends, but, you know, Blunder loosely. World. Blunder World. Okay. Um, so, this film is... <laughs> God. I'm trying to think now. Celine, there's a... There's a war happening between vampires and werewolves, but rather than just, like, having a fight, they just get involved in sort of like joke telling com- competition uh, a various type of joke as well where the different possible meanings of a word or the fact of the words <laughs> sound alike have different meanings is it punderworld it's punderworld yeah they're always pulling out the old puns for each other makes and again makes Lucian fuming <laughs> <laughs> so that's that one um, yeah. in this next film uh, a vampire death dealer called Celine um regales um absolute piece of work craven with the story or how about on a previous night out a friend of hers who is nicknamed for his propensity for vomiting all the time threw up in the back of a taxi it's chunder world not world though she's telling the story about how he threw up yesterday chunder hurled Chunderhurled, correct. Chunderhurled, that's good. Like that's that. the story she's telling. Um, <laughs> Celine gets embroiled in a vampire werewolf situation, and what her latest target is the coffee shop owner of uh the <laughs> I can't remember what's called the coffee shop owner of the famous coffee shop from Friends. Oh, Gunter World. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's the coffee shop called? The Central Central, Central Perk. Central yeah, Perk. Uh, yeah, Gunfer Gunfer Ward. He, uh, would he be a vampire or a like? He'd be a vampire, wouldn't he? Because he got bleach blonde there. That's a vampire thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he'd be a third thing, like as a Gunter would be like a <laughs> fairy, or <laughs> some sort of ghost. <laughs> Is this the this the plot to being human now? Um, one of yeah, each. a ghost. Okay. Um, here's another one. So, <laughs> a not sure a let's say an urban area in the Tyne and Weir district becomes the capital of the entire planet and changes its name accordingly. Oh God. A, a, a what in the Tyne and Weir district, did you uh, say? An urban centre in the Tyne and Weir district um, whose football yeah. team play in red and white stripes, a bit like Freddy Krueger's they are. Okay. Uh, Sunderworld. Sunderworld. It gets upgraded from Sunderland. 
Sorry, Sunderland. Sunderland becomes Sunderworld. Very good. Very, very good. Okay. Uh, Celine. Oh, actually, this is the prequel, right? This is the prequel. The third film, the prequel, uh, go back in time, vampires around, werewolves, but also there's this thing called Valak, which has always just existed, despite this, <laughs> despite this being a prequel. The Nunderworld. The Nunderworld. That's correct. Um, here's another one for you. Celine, um, <laughs> embroiled in a conflict between vampires and werewolves, but sick of bloody killing each other. All they do now is steal each other's treasures. That's plunder world. That's plunder world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that it? Um, I can do one more off you the top one of more. the dome, which will be a test of your excellent 90s comic knowledge. I mean, if uh, previous <laughs> guest and friend of the show, John Locke, was on, he would get this one instantly. So okay. pressure's on you, Ben. Yeah. Um, Celine, a vampire death dealer, finds herself um, thrown into the Jack Kirby-esque world of stories used in Grant Morrison's Justice League of America stories in which they visit a land on the edge of reality where godlike beings protect um, the known oh, universe God. from outside threats. It's actually the name of this place in the comic. I'm not punning too hard. Shit. Is it is it a, D, a DC comic, did you say? Yeah. Uh, it is a DC. League. Yeah. Oh, it's Justice League as well. Oh, I let myself down big time. But to be fair, whenever we get to the end of the episode as well, I feel like my brain is not working the best. It's almost 11 o'clock at night, listeners. So Ben's Ben's pulling on fumes here. Um, I don't know. It's Wonder World. Oh, it's Wonder World. Oh, what? Spelt, spelt how? Uh, I assume. Just normally. normal way, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. That That's not been explored in not been explored live not action. been explored in cinema but you will find it in i believe one of the early volumes of grant morrison's um justice league of america run from the late 90s the excellent. rock of ages and what an excellent volume it is you mm. could all go away for your homework and read that you'll be in a much better place i promise you i might have to do that i might have to do that because i would have never got that okay um one of the the rock of ages story is what i think in making uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think he'd read a couple of pages of it, and that is a lot. It inspires a lot of stuff, but is not properly realized in what he tries to do uh, in okay. those films. He read, he read the first good. three pages and he went, That'd do. That'd bloody do. Um, okay, so now we've got to rate the movie A to F, pluses and minuses, of course, are available. Rate good or rate bad. I know we were talking about, we were, we were fans of this pretty much growing up. Not growing up, grown up, but. In 20, 20 years ago, in it's our a different world, youth, the past is a foreign country. The past is a foreign country, indeed. And I mean, if you asked me before I watched this, I would have been like, hell yeah, I like Underworld. It's great. Good times. What's more to like? Um, but after watching it again, I get the same sort of vibe. I do get the same sort of vibe from like Resident Evil, where it just feels like it's all style, no substance. And even the style is kind of aged. So yeah. now now it's got no style or, or substance. So now you're just like watching a series of things happen um, which don't quite make sense. And obviously there's just, yeah, there's so much plot just flying around and none of it really sticks. Um, yeah, it's just it's just difficult. And I mean, Kate Beckinsale is, is good enough, but she's very one note. 
So I think if there was a little bit more to her character, the maybe icy British to... demeanor, the icy British demeanor. Actually, not even that. They've, the other films. They've, they've neglected that. Just icy English demeanor. She's not from well Scotland or Ireland. She's just English. Uh, okay. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna have to go as low as like maybe a C minus, which I kind of feel bad about. But at the same time, this era of movies is maybe it'll come around again and these movies will have their time again the way we look back at like 80s action movies and and over the top horror sci-fi and all that Shoot stuff through the floor yeah but for this time this experience i hoped it would set me on a path of like wanting to revisit all the underworld movies despite the fact i don't even know how many i've seen but it hasn't. It's kind of put it's thrown cold water on that. But I probably will still watch a couple more if I if I can. So I reckon see my. Well, we've not got a billion fright fest things to watch. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so C minus, I think, Andy. You know what, Ben? As much as it pains me, I'm much in the same boat as you. Uh, I enjoyed it in its day. I was a fan. I definitely owned this on home video cassette um, <laughs> at, at at the time. And I definitely, I'm almost certain I did the same with the second one as well. Yeah. But this was one that I think it had its place in the past. I think you're right. Stylistically, it might have its comeback. And you know what? It's a fun movie. I think at the, at its heart, it's not doing anything bad. It's not that it's... like I think it maybe just takes itself a little bit too seriously. And for modern audiences, it also is a bit long as well like you mm-hmm. know you could you could be a little bit more efficient but yeah i love the moodiness of it i love uh, some of those elements to it i think it would have benefited from a slightly stronger macguffin character that had a little bit more agency yeah. rather than being like you know what again conjuring mcu and things like that but if that person had just been an infinity stone like a thing that you could fight over rather than a person that you'd expect to have some kind of yeah. control in this, let alone be the most important thing. I feel like in another draft of this film, you make Kate Beckinsale as the main character, the person that could be both, but then you can't have it both ways. She can't be an yeah. ultimate badass from the beginning of the film That's and true. also be this person. So it's it's a hard thing to to balance out whereby the most powerful and special thing is never going to be the character that you're most interested in making a film about. Mm. Is that because you want to marry her in the future? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's just because she's the best. He loves his his wife, or he loves his soon-to-be wife. Soon-to-be wife, currently at time of filming, Michael Sheen's girlfriend and mother of his child. Come on. (laughs) Come on. um, You know what? And also, always a love for Kevin Grivu, the the now the person that I've learned today's recording, I'm gonna text my friend and tell him this in a minute. Tell Matt about it that um that he also wrote it. Ray's himself. Yeah. He I'll also wrote remember it Ray's and in his possibly ripped. He also wrote it and possibly ripped off some some old books. But probably, probably not. not. Settled out. A probably not. I don't reckon. We'll never know. Those records are sealed. Then we'll never know. Um, but to get to my rating, I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna break the D barrier, Ben. I'm gonna call it a D plus. I think maybe like I'm sitting in the sea because I've still kind of got like slightly fond memories of it and I'm hoping that doesn't mean that the whole franchise is a write-off but it might do yeah oh I can 
I can totally accept that I know a lot of films, films that I rate beyond the thing, like that beyond a D or a C. And like I gave my good old friends at Sleepaway Camp like a B because it's about how much I enjoyed them yeah, or how yeah, much yeah. I'd watch them again. So don't take that as a mark of quality. I think I'm just giving it as a D for where it would sit in my ongoing yeah. enjoyment and watching this in the future. And it's a D plus. So that's all right. There we go. Yeah, that's positive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there we go then that was Underworld let us know what you think of this film whether you still love it um, or you never loved it you know you might have been like head of the curve oh, I never loved this film it always sucked yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be very quick to say much as I'm giving this a D a, a D plus today you asked 20 years ago Andy this and I'd be like a fucking plus. A I'm like, this, is, <laughs> this is going on the this is going on the essential shelf there was a time in my life where you know you'd meet someone new and go they're really good uh action horror films do and they'd say fucking strap in everybody because i'm going to show strap you in. i'll tell you your mind's called underworld it's got pretty lovely kate beckinsale in it litchfield's oh, own yeah <laughs> not oh. london apparently we've claimed her um and, you know it's got all these things there's a guy guess what you've heard about vampires right yeah oh yeah imagine a vampire yeah okay. imagine a werewolf yeah yeah can you imagine them both being in the same thing you'd say absolutely not never happened Get ready for it to happen. Get ready to be mind blown. And it, and your mind will be blown. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there we go. That is Underworld. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including John Crin and Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Scott Rigby, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Bar- Leslie Carlo, sorry, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Burst, Rosalind Harnias, and... Pazuzu, thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search Horror Hangout Podcast. You'll find us next week. Anthology, anthology sequel, Creep Show 2. Yes. How exciting. What a How lovely exciting. time. It was yeah. me and Luke, Luke and I, that did Creep Show 1 on a week you weren't available, Ben. So I'm looking forward to getting your take on a Creep yeah. Show movie. I don't think I've seen it. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to that one. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. See you next time. Uh, see you next don't... week. Next week, Ben, has never happened before. Never, never has been. There's never <laughs> been a third week in August 2023. Don't think we're ever going to see it. Guess what's going to happen? It's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Me after you said it. See you soon. Bye. Don't get Wes Borland. See you later. Please, if you could, please avoid that at all at all costs. Indeed. See you later. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.